Good morning. Literally, good morning. Man, I'm literally recording this episode the day of the release. So that's crazy. Uh, the old me would have procrastinated and be like, I missed a day. But this new focused me or intentional me rather decided that she's going to get up in her groggy voice and still record this episode because consistency is key and service is a must and i'm not about to break the part in and have you guys waiting just because i had a busy weekend no so good morning good afternoon good evening whatever time you are listening to this podcast and welcome to another episode of malawi and butter with hannah now today's topic i'm excited for why because man like i've been going through this i think asking the holy spirit like do i need to change the topic and he was like why and i was like because i'm thinking about it like it's too personal and he's like well that's the whole point you share from your personal experiences so today we're going to be talking about dealing with heartbreak and the fear of falling in love again or getting into another relationship so if this is you and you are looking for nuggets and not just nuggets but if you are looking for a full course meal um on the word and just how to serve yourself in this season of transition then this episode is for you okay so i think where to begin i don't even know where to begin because this topic is so broad um, I think I'm just going to pray. Holy Spirit, um, help me serve in authenticity and truth from my scars. Turn my scars into oil and turn the oil <laughs> into healing. And let every word be like bread that feeds your children. Give me wisdom as well. Amen. Okay. So, I think... I, I used to call myself the queen of heartbreak because I feel like I've gone through so many seasons of heartbreak, but I sat down and I, I always, I'm very, I'm a very reflective person. So I like to reflect a lot. And I noticed that I think I've only had three major heartbreaks. I think the rest were like heartbreaks, but they're like, eh. but I think when I look upon my life, I've only had three major heartbreaks three defining relationships and these relationships for me i'm so grateful that i got to experience them i don't know why the older i get the more i'm grateful for my experiences it's crazy (laughs) but i've only had three major heartbreaks and the first heartbreak was my first love the second heartbreak was i think a relationship that i got into because i was still broken and this person Oh, oh my goodness. Anyway, we ain't, this is the guy that I told you about that needs Jesus. That was the one nigga. So I don't really like talking about him because he is the source of my trauma. <laughs> I think I used to think like all my, nah, but I think all my relationships um, come from that. Not all, but you know, most of my issues come from there because that relationship was crazy. It was abusive. It was toxic. It was narcissistic. It was, it was, it was insane. And I thought, you know how they say, you know, if you date like someone older, they're like more mature. Now that nigga was a baby. That nigga was a baby that needed to be 
turned into a man. He was a man that was still a baby. But I love Jesus. So mm, I'm going to try and forget. Okay. I'm, I'm, God. Okay, fine. I forget. <laughs> fine. I'm not going to talk bad about him. I'm going to call him a work in progress. Okay. Thank you. And the third heartbreak, I think, was my recent heartbreak. And this is a relationship for me that I deemed as my restoration relationship. You know how I always like preaching on Isaiah 54. If you don't know that, then I do. And I used to deem this relationship as that relationship that would be it for me. Like, like, you know, when it talks about your shame being restored and all these other things, I thought that was the relationship for me. And when it ended... I was traumatized, not traumatized, but I was devastated because I felt like there's something wrong with me. How come I can't hold down a relationship with a genuinely good person? And I think it really took me out. I think it really broke me because, um, and because I think I was in a space of really thinking like, God, this is it for me now. I think relationships naturally when they don't work out, people like to point fingers and say, oh, it was you. Oh, the guy cheated. Oh, this one cheated. There was nothing like that. But I think in all honesty, I wasn't really ready. And I think it took someone actually being in love with me for me to realize that, dude, I'm actually fearful of real love and i think for me the second relationship the toxic one was the one that i invested so much in so much in because it wasn't a love that actually loved me back does that make any sense like it wasn't a love that watered into my cup it was a love that i was constantly walking on and i was trying to earn the love so falling in love there was easy making a home in there was easy because i wasn't in love with the person i was in love with the idea of being in love so fast forward so fast forward to getting into a healthy relationship where you can't your partner can't gaslight you or do anything like that it was a very big stretch for me i remember i was cleaning my room yesterday and i found my diary because i write down everything and in the diary, I wrote down how hard it is for me to adjust into the new relationship because it's so different. And I remember sometimes just getting into full-blown panic attacks because the space was so new. And it's only now that I had to see the importance of changing um, my approach. Because 99% of the books that you'll find on singlehood are books that probably talk about the importance of waiting and the importance of preparing yourself in terms of um, finances, wealth, and 99% of those kind of things, which are things that I advocate. But I think I've found minimal resources talking about preparing yourself emotionally or because at the end of the day, you can have a better job you can make the six figure, you can be walking in your purpose, but walking in your purpose does not necessarily mean you're emotionally ready. Like there is a room for 
being prepared emotionally. And I thought, I remember the other time, the Holy Spirit just kept on telling me to prepare. And I thought the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit was essentially was telling me to prepare on was the external things. But I think now I realize that what he was trying to tell me to prepare on was the state of my heart. It wasn't about getting ready and attaining things to some degree, but it was about me preparing my heart to be ready to receive. And this has been a very difficult transition for me because I remember the other day, I just found myself genuinely crying and breaking down. Like, God, I'm genuinely scared of love, which I don't get it. It's like the same thing that I desire is the same thing that I'm fearful. I'm scared of letting someone in. I'm scared. Ooh, the Holy Spirit just kind of put it on my heart right now. It says, you're not scared of the love. You are scared of the rejection that comes with it <laughs> when it doesn't marry how you want it to love you back. And I think, oof, this is crazy. Okay. I think I'm scared of being seen. I think I'm not scared of love. I'm scared of being seen in the entirety of myself, of my being. I'm scared of being known. Because there's a deep fear of if this person knows me, will they still want me? So I perform and I serve. I think it was easier for me to 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 to, to invest so much in the second defining relationship because <clears throat> it's a relationship that never gave me the permission to be seen. It's a relationship that never gave the room for my scars to be unraveled. It's a relationship that never required me to be sober. And so I told God that I'm tired of praying. It's like you're in church. And I even got tired of praying for marriage. Like I don't pray. I don't even remember the last time I prayed for, you know how the people like pray for marriage. I've never really done that. I just pray, God, give me love. I just want you to give me somebody who loves me. But then now that I think of it, it's been hard for me to even pray those prayers of, oh, your future husband. Because I'm like, oh, even if he comes, I'm so drained already. And yeah, so I remember, this is crazy. Because God literally sent a girl into my DM. Um, and she was just talking about her story of how scared she is of love. And she thought I would give her advice. I know, girl, if you are listening to this, thank you also for reaching out to me because it inspired me to, it inspired me that I'm not on the wrong path. So, because literally when she sent me that text the night before was the night that I went to bed crying, telling God, I think something is wrong with me. I don't know why I'm so scared of love. And that night I had a dream that someone was talking to me. It was a woman. And she was like, it's okay to love again. You need to let it in. You need to let love in. You need to give love another chance. And I remember waking up with so much peace. So much peace. And I remember the other day I was at the mountain and I was like, okay, Kapina, maybe my expectations are too high. Maybe I'm expecting too much. And I just told God, God, I just need to know. Because I think my greatest fear also has been 
dating and someone derailing me for my purpose and at the same time it looks like I'm demanding too much when I want someone who aligns with my purpose because majority of men of people not just men just think let me find love but for me I'm like I gotta find someone with purpose and God was like it's there you just have to wait on my timing you're not crazy and I think when I got that validation it was everything that I needed. Now, why am I sharing this? As much as I'm sharing my story because I want you guys to see yourself through my scars. And hopefully somewhere around this narration, God spoke to you. But now on, if I could just speak to your soul, heartbreak is real. And you are not crazy for feeling the way that you do you're not stupid. It's crazy that you are not. <sighs> Again, another experience. So in July, we had this man of God come in, right? City Takers Conference, Pastor Pete Rock. And when we had the leadership team had a meeting, had an opportunity to meet with him one on one. And I had an opportunity to sit down with him and he asked me, like, tell me what's going on. I knew that my deepest desire was for God to heal my broken heart and for God to give me a word around my relationships because I just feel like, God, at this point, I'm going crazy. I just need you to give me direction. And, but I was like, that's too small. It's not as spiritual. You know, because I'm sure people are coming in here with bigger things. I need to come in with bigger things. So I was like, okay, pastor, I told him about this heavily anointed dream that I had. I had a dream that I went to heaven, you know, that kind of thing. And he looked at me and he said, what else? I was like, what? He was like, what else? That's not what God is telling me is on your heart. Guys, I broke. And I was like, God, you see me. And even now I want to cry because it just reminded me how God sees beyond our performance. Like God sees my heart and he cares about the burdens of it. And he asked me what else. And I told him, I was like, I'm just heartbroken. And he was like, what happened? And I shared my story. And he was like, God loves you, Hannah. And he just went on to speak healing and everything that I needed, confirming the things that I prayed to God in secret, some that I can't share here. And it made me realize how God is real. That when I thought that I could present this beautiful, wonderful, spiritually enlightened dream. God said, my daughter, I know you. That's not what you need. That is good. But I know you need healing in the heart. And he gave me a word about my husband. So I'm excited. Um, he didn't tell me he's going to be six foot tall or anything like that. But he told me that he is coming. So I know that God is good. Now, I think God made me record this episode this morning for a reason. Because last night, the Holy Spirit asked me to go back and listen to the story of the woman with the well. And the woman with the well, 
on the world, the Samaritan woman. I think I even shared it about it in today's 3 a.m. session. So Jesus is speaking to the Samaritan woman, and he's asking her to say, like, I'm going to paraphrase to, like, you know, updated Hannah Gettle version. But he's asking her, and he, he is tired from his trip, and he stops at the well. And he's like, baby girl, I need some water. And she's like, well, I can give you some water because I'm a Samaritan woman and you are a Jew. So you are not allowed to drink for the things that I use, okay? And Jesus said, if only you knew who was asking you for water, okay? Now I'm going to read. He says, if only, and then he, he says, this is the part that got me. If only you knew what God gives and who is asking you for a drink, you would ask him and he would give you life-giving water. She then goes on to say, sir, the well, she said, the, the woman said, you don't have a bucket. The well is deep. Where would you get life-giving water? It is our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well. He and his children and his flock all drank from it. You don't claim to be greater than Jacob, do you? Jesus answered, those who drink the water will never thirst again. But those who drink the water that I will give them will never be thirst. Those who drink from this well will get thirsty again. But those who drink from the water that I will give them will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give them will become a spring which will provide them life giving water. The woman says, sir, the woman said, give me this water and I'll never be thirsty again. Nor will I come back here to draw for water. Go and call your husband, Jesus said. He told her and come back. I don't have a husband, she answered. Jesus replied, you are right. You When you say you don't have a husband, you've been married to five men and the man you live with now is not really your husband. You have told the truth. Now, wow, this is crazy. Last night, God told me, say, his baby girl, you have a desire for this. But the problem is you are looking for, you are coming to the well praying that I give you a man that sees you and loves you and heal you from this thing. Because you are thinking that will make you less, will make you more worthy. But darling, I am the only one that I can satisfy you. I am the only one that can satisfy that fear. That fear that you're coming in is not really a bad thing. It's a sign and an indicator to me that I am the only one. That the more you depend on people, you will never be satisfied. I am the only one who can satisfy your soul. I am the only one who can quench your thirst. I am the only one who can give you that peace. The relationship will come. The job will come. The money will come. You will maximize singleness to the, to the according to man's definition. But you will still be thirsty. Because these things are things that I give for my provision because I am good to you. But they are not the main thing. Hannah, I am the main thing. I am your lover. I am your sustainer. I have gone beyond the earth to prove my undying love for you. I have watched you grow. I have never left you. In that abusive relationship, I was with you. When you were about to commit suicide, I was with you. When you are about to lose your mind, I was with you. Never left you, nor will I ever leave nor forsake you. You are asking me for Jacob's well, but I am the water. You are asking me for Jacob's well, for things that Jacob 
got because I was the source. If you go back to the Old Testament, when Jacob is moving from place to place, everywhere the Lord blessed him, he built a well and he found water there. The water was a sign of blessing. This woman is referring to this well to Jacob, but it was actually God. Jacob never gave them that well. God did. And God just went into my heart and he told me, Hannah, baby girl, I love you. And I see you. And all this time, my story to you has always been, Hannah, I'm going to give you something that no man can give you. I'm going to give you something that no diamond ring. Yes, you've been hurt. Yes, you've been broken. You've experienced heartbrokenness. You were scared. But the solution to all of these things is me. I am the source. I am the life giving. When I make a home inside of you, when you accept me as your lover, when you say, God, you are mine, not as a father, but as a lover, that is when you will see that I've always been what you've been looking for. And my mind is perplexed at how I can't it's something that wisdom human wisdom cannot explain if you're to tell this to someone who's not encountered Jesus they would tell you you're speaking hogwash but I have been a woman at the well that the woman at the well Jesus spoke to her greatest need which was love and marriage and I saw myself in her. And God said, I want you to bring that part. Jesus never asked her to bring anything else. He asked her to go get her husband. Why? Because he knew her husband and love were her greatest desire. And God is saying the same thing to you. Give me your greatest desire. And he said, I want you to bring it to me. So that I can give you an exchange of my satisfaction. And I found myself wrecked as I remembered how good God has always been to me and that Jesus likens his relationship with the church, with the marriage, with the bride. And as I rest, I realize that I've been married to Jesus, that I've always been married to God. I'm not waiting for a husband because I'm a married woman to God. He died for me. He proposed love for me. He likens me to his bride. I am his bride. I have a husband. I'm married, guys. <laughs> Crazy. I'm married. So any other love that God gives is a blessing for me to enjoy. Not a blessing for it to satisfy. Because I'm already a married woman into my father. That's why I cannot defile my body. That's why I cannot compromise. Because I'm already someone's wife. Eesh. Do you know how deep this is, guys? I know it's a podcast, but I'm about to share the word up in here. And our husband better be a man. That is worthy of loving me as my husband already does. And God sees your fears and your pain and your scars. 
he sees the trauma. He sees the fear of letting love in. But God is saying, before you give it another chance, let's start here. Let me satisfy. There's a song by William. I think it's McDowell or McDonald. I don't know how you pronounce it. But it says, only you can satisfy my heart. Only you can satisfy my soul. Jesus. Jesus. Just one taste of your living water. And I'll never thirst again. Guys, it says, Jake, hey, the cord broke. <laughs> but it goes like, Jacob's wealth will never do, so I will draw from you. The money won't do. The husband won't do. I was in a happy relationship, but not satisfied because I failed to understand that before the physical man He is my man. And this is not a gender biased truth where I'm just a woman. For men, God is calling you to find identity and purpose in him. For him to be the one that builds your confidence over what man says masculinity is. Jesus says, I am the example. Look to me and you will be satisfied more than anything let me be your version of masculinity and strength and power (sighs) i hear the holy spirit telling me i have served can i just pray for you dear heavenly father lord i thank you for the life of the individual that has tuned into this session and into it at the very end God, I pray that your spirit is moving as it did, hovering on those waters, that it's moving upon their heart and it is reconciling and rebuilding. God, give them a tangible evidence of that scripture, Christ in me, the hope of glory. God, I come against each and every single spirit of warfare, distraction that the enemy is playing upon their heart. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I rebuke depression. I rebuke anxiety. I rebuke fear in the name of Jesus. Every spirit hovering over your children to not encounter the blessings that you have given me, given them. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that you are bringing in them a spring of life-giving water, that you are making them content in you, that they are being found in you, that they are the vi- that you are the vine and they are the branches, that they are bearing fruit in you, that you are giving them everything that they need according to the riches and the hope of your glory. God, I just pray for healing wherever they are, healing in their hearts, healing in their minds, healing in their body, healing in their brains, healing every single place of remembrance of pain, that it is being forgotten the same way that you forgive our sins. And God, I decree and I declare that they are going to experience a love story that can only be an evidence of heaven, that heaven shall be declared according to their relationships, that the glory of God shall encounter them to rest. And God, I just pray that you are giving them the ability to receive this love in its fullness and to rest and not to question or investigate it in your name i have prayed amen thank you guys for tuning in today's podcast and until next time have a great week